Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound. This is Show Spoilers Episode 20, Westworld Season 2, Episode 8. Wow, happy 20th episode, Brad. Woo! Happy 20th episode, Kevin. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, you know, you've uh, you've definitely been here for all 20 episodes. I'm really proud of you. It's I've exciting. only been here for eight, but I will uh, reap in the celebration here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I am so excited to talk about this episode. If you did not hear last week's episode, if you jump straight to this one, uh, we do apologize for the delay in posting. I was out of town, then I got back, got sick, got busy. Uh, I do apologize. We try to get them out uh, promptly and definitely the week of release. So this one should be pretty much right on track. But if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet for season two, episode seven, Les Ecorchets, go back and listen to that one uh, if you so care to do so. I think we had a lot of fun discussion. Uh, we learned a lot in that episode. But as you know, I was a little bit disappointed with that one. And this episode really turned it around for me. So so excited to talk about it. Uh, but before we get into all that, let's go through our shameless plugs. Uh, you, you can, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We do always appreciate a five-star rating or, you know, if you want to give us four, we'll allow it. But still, uh, whatever you would like to rate us, but leave us a nice review. Tell people that uh, you enjoy the show and helps us get more listeners. So it's great. You can follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers. Send us your emails with theories, corrections, questions, comments, whatever you want to do. Uh, Westworld related, of course. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners. So that would be at the show spoilers at gmail.com. Don't forget the V in front of it. The show spoilers at gmail.com. Of course, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We just use the Real Spoilers page. Of course, Real Spoilers is our sister podcast where we review one of the biggest movies of the week. Uh, so you can find us there at facebook.com slash real spoilers. And our discussion group there is called the League of Show Shares. So without further ado, Brad, episode eight of Westworld season two. Ooh, I believe I'm going to try my best here. Uh, Kick Soya is how I would pronounce it. Yep, sounds right to me. This episode is all about Ghost Nation. And specifically, uh, one of the the leaders, uh, Akacheda. I think that's that sounds right. Akacheda is how I would say it. So yeah. you can correct me if I'm mistaken. But he is uh, portrayed by the immensely talented Zon McLaren. Um, I am not familiar with his previous work, although he has a lot of credits. Most recently, he has been on Longmire, um, on Netflix, he was on The Sun on AMC, also in Fargo. The guy has a lot of credits. He is so talented. I would love to go back and see his earlier work, but I will tell you this much. As far as this performance <laughs> in this episode goes, yeah, um, this is the episode I didn't know I wanted. This came sure. out of nowhere. Uh, we, of course, have seen Ghost Nation throughout the entire series. Uh, we have seen this character, uh, if you remember, way back in, I think it was episode two, when we got our first William and Logan flashback about Delos and how Westworld ended up uh, convincing them to invest in the park. Uh, he was one of the guys that was courting Logan and led him to the room with all yep. the different hosts, uh, along with uh, you know some of the other ones that we see throughout the season. So one thing I was going to say, one thing I read online, um, and I, I hope it's true because it, it speaks a lot to the production crew for Westworld is that uh, he's actually from the Lakota tribe as well. Like they did a great job at, at casting somebody from to portray uh, you know their heritage um, in regards to to you know the different tribes of, of native Americans. That's awesome. Well, and yeah. the thing is it, it does feel so authentic. Uh, it really, it would not surprise me uh, about his authenticity to that tribe because the pronunciation with the words and, and he just, 
it fits. It, they, yeah. These do not look like actors. Any of the members of Ghost Nation, it is amazing how well they they fit. And so, yeah, that's perfect. And I'm so glad they went that extra mile with the casting. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this really blew me away. Again, Son McLaren, he is so good in this episode. And this is also surprising because it's a character that, like I mentioned earlier, we've seen scattered throughout the episodes, but but we've never had an episode before that focused on his character. And then you go ahead and do this in the eighth season, uh, you know, of season two or the eighth episode of season two. We only right. have two more episodes left of the season after this. And you're basically introducing or following a, a character that we've never followed this closely before. Or um, one that I, we ever thought we would, you know? Yeah. I, think I, I never, a, up to this point, never thought we would get a ghost nation episode. They always seemed like the, the characters that were going to be like, you know, important, but never important enough to do an entire episode on. Well, right. That's exactly what I'm saying. No one saw this coming. It came out of nowhere yeah. and ended up being one of my favorite episodes of this oh, entire series. Beautiful episode. It, it is so good. Uh, you know, we talked about last episode with some of the issues that we had and especially me with the action stuff and some of the, the plot holes and bad writing in my opinion, but uh, they turned it around just like we knew they would. It's like, you know, if you ever question them, you can't question <laughs> them for too long because they turn it around and deliver, uh, you know, yeah. right at the next episode. And that's what they did to this one. So I know you don't really, but after I knew your reaction to the last episode after it aired and uh, we talked about it and I, I had seen the trailer for this and was like, Holy cow. And I did my best not to say anything on Twitter. I talked about how I can't wait for the episode to come, but I really wanted to say, Oh my God, ghost nation. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was trying to coerce you into watching trailers cause I know your stance on watching, you know, previews and trailers and such. And I was like, if you felt bad about the last episode, I think you'll probably be pretty excited for what's to come because when they saw, showed the preview for this and saw that it was going to be nearly entirely a ghost nation episode. It's like that could be really good because that's gonna it's gonna go back. It shows you that it's gonna it's gonna go way back. And, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's awesome. Great. Well, and what I loved about it though, see, I love that I didn't watch the trailer and didn't expect this because sure. yeah. when I turned on Westworld this past Sunday and it goes to Ghost Nation and you know and we and we see him, uh, you know, like you said, much further back, and we see later on in the episode how far back it goes and and how it kind of lines up with other timelines that we've seen in this season. I was blown away uh, that they did it, first of all, but then also that I cared so much. Like, yeah, not yeah, only yeah. was this just a surprise and like, oh, wow, they're doing that. But you have to think, we're so invested in, in some of these characters. So we've got the uh, William slash Man in Black timeline. Uh, we've got, you know, anything having to do with Delos, we love. Then you've got Maeve and her daughter. You've got that yeah. whole storyline. You've got Dolores and her father. You know, I won't say Wyatt, but you've got Dolores and Peter Abernathy timeline. Uh, and then you have Bernard, who, like I mentioned, last episode one of my favorite characters i really want him to to make it out of here and uh, i love following his story so you've got all these characters and we thought it was hard enough when we had to wait a week uh you know to go back and forth between william and the maven dolores stuff but here we go and this week we don't get any of them hardly we get little uh flashes and little bits and pieces of them but for the most part this is completely centered around uh, this character and ghost nation and the fact that they pulled this off, but then also made it one of the best episodes yet. (laughs) I kudos an incredible, incredible show this week. Yeah, I agree entirely. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. So let's, without further ado, let's just get right into it and and start talking about it. So uh, yeah, this, this is, uh, this is awesome. And so, when I was watching the episode for a second time, um, I caught what the meaning was uh, for the kick soya. And uh, obviously that is native Lakota word 
but you know, I didn't look up any of the meaning or anything I was going to, if I needed to, but I'm, I noticed there were two different moments in the show, uh, where they mentioned kick soya. They, they, you can hear them say it. And then in the subtitles, they show the word memories. And so I saw it in two different places with different words and context around it each time, but the, the constant word was memories. Hmm. And so I think that is perfect for this episode because it's all about Akacheda going back and, you know, finding his memories and finding his past that has to do with his family, his tribe, his wife, uh, his friends. Uh, and, And it's all about those, which, you know, we would call them for the other hosts. We would refer to them as loops. Sometimes they see them in dreams, but you know, memories, I, I think that just works beautifully for this episode. So it starts off with man in black and obviously he is not doing too well. We talked about it last episode, uh, but he is hanging on to, for dear life. He is clinging on the edge of, of demise here. And Akacheda walks up to him at this point. It's like, you know, that you know that Ghost Nation, with all the stuff that they've got going on, isn't going to kill him. Like if if Man in Black made it out of last episode, he certainly was not going to die in the first five minutes of this one. But still, yeah. it's it's kind of cool because you know he looks up at him and and he's just like you know this isn't going to be the very end of of everything that that happens. Akacheta starts talking to him and and Man in Black does not understand it. You know he says that he never he never learned it like like his daughter Emily learned the tongue and and some of the other characters obviously the host can speak it because it's programmed we talked about in previous episodes that they are all programmed to understand different languages um but you know william man in black never took the time to learn the language um but he says to him he says i remember you this is our first glimpse that we know that this character is you know you would say woke uh i don't know if you would say that he's found consciousness but we know that he is he is not like the regular programmed host he's off his loop he's there's something special about him right. and and this is where we get into it uh so we go into camp uh they have as we've seen in previous episodes you know they've taken ghost nation has taken different people to their camp Akateda drags the man in black uh, to the ground and he basically tells him like, you know, why did you even pick me up? He said, if you're going to let me die, you should have just kept riding past me. And I really like this line that he responds back to him. Um, and, and most of this episode is in Lakota. So uh, it's a very subtitle intensive yeah. episode, but I really like that too, because it added to the authenticity. You know, sure. a lot of shows, what they'll do is if you see a character that speaks a different language or you're in a different country, sometimes they'll just translate for you. So it's like, you're supposed to think, oh, they're speaking in their native tongue, but you're hearing English so you can understand and not have to read subtitles. But yeah. This show doesn't do that. And it really, again, I love the feel of that. And so you're reading most of the episode, but it's so great. And the performances are so excellent. I'm glad they did it that way. But what Akacheta says is he says, death is a passage from this brutal world. You don't deserve the exit. And it's so, it's such a stinging (laughs) remark there because he doesn't want Man in Black. He knows everything he's done. So remember in the last scene, he says, I remember you. So he has all these memories and he knows how bad of a person that man in black has been and all his visits to the park and all the death he's caused. And so he's like, it's not going to be that easy. It'd be too simple for me to kill you. And so we know that he wants him to suffer. So great line there. Then we go to Maeve's daughter who we know that, you know, in, in the previous, uh, I think was a couple episodes back 
we know that uh, Akacheda has kind of rescued uh, after maybe he rescued the daughter and, and, you know, now he's got man in black. So she's there. And, and basically this episode is him uh, kind of telling her a story. Uh, but we learn that he's not actually talking to her, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Um, I really caught it on the second viewing, Brad. I know you noticed it, but I thought this was fantastic that once he starts telling the story, we're about to go to the Mesa and where Maeve is in the, the repair shop and she starts flickering her eyes, which is what she does when, you know, to steal a term from Game of Thrones, she starts warging into another host <laughs> and she does this little eye flicker thing. And so we come to realize that Akacheda is telling the story uh, of his life and, and of his wife and his relationships and how he uh, found this enlightenment and how he was awoken. Um, he's telling Maeve this story, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. He ends up talking to what appears to be Maeve's daughter, and we, we flash back, and it's to Maeve and her daughter. And Maeve asks the daughter where you got that rock and it's a rock with a painting of the maze on it and she says that she got it from one of the ghosts is what they call them and uh she tells Maeve he said it's a warning he said he'll be watching us which at first seems really creepy right like it really seems like <laughs> sinister that oh I'll be watching you um but what we come to find out is there's so much more meaning to it and as the story unfolds we get a better understanding of why Akacheda does what he does and uh, how he got there and so again I'm, I'm so excited to discuss this i've seen the episode twice um i definitely will watch it a third time just to not take notes and understand what's going on but to enjoy it because it's such a good episode yeah and the next scene this is where we see lee back at the mesa and he's telling Maeve, hang on so he went with her she's uh you know she's been shot she's doing very poorly and he says just hang on hang on uh and then uh this is a big turn because we saw in the last episode that lee lee was kind of on the fence uh, and, and you could start to tell that he was caring more and more for Maeve. Uh, but really, in the last couple episodes, he's really changed his tune, especially when he sees Maeve in this condition. Uh, and so you can clearly see that he cares for her. And uh, one of the techs uh, you know, comes up to him. Uh, this is a guy we've seen before that was working on Peter Abernathy. He says, hey, no more corpses up here. Take her to cold storage. And Lee is trying to convince him, no, like this is not just another regular host. This is not one that we can just get rid of. She's important. She's different. Uh, and, and she doesn't belong down there. And so he pleads with him to get him to repair. He tells this tech that, yeah, she can control people with her mind. Like this is unlike anything you've ever seen. And so he finally agrees. He says, lock the doors, secure the area. Um, I'm going to check her data stream. Um, yeah, he sees the tablet. It helps him convince, convince him to do it. Right. Like he doesn't, he look at her and see that like, there's a lot more going on in her mind than the, than the average host. Or my yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He checks the, the data and the, everything that's going on in her mind. And so, uh, yeah, he, he says, you cannot let her die. This is where we see the connection. So, um, Maeve connects with her daughter, uh, who is with Akacheda and the man in black here in the not, not the most current timeline is in, you know, but, but our present timeline, uh, you know, so we're still in the in-between of uh, the massacre and from the bodies washing up in the river for episode one. Now that she's connected with the daughter, this is where Akacheda is really telling her the story. And Akacheda says, are you afraid of me? He can't hurt you. And he's referring to man in black who's over, you know, kind of face down in the dirt he realizes that the girl can remember all of her past lives just like he can that she is now she is awakened as well so we've got these two characters here um 
that I didn't catch at first that he was, see, I thought he was talking to the daughter, but now he's really connected to Maeve. And so he's, he's, he's found another person like him. Whereas we thought Maeve was the first one to be enlightened by the maze and, and this whole puzzle that Arnold set up. But really what we find out uh, and that I saw in my second viewing is like, Oh no, he's talking to Maeve. He's discovering someone else like him and it's Maeve. So I really like that. Uh, I thought that was a really neat connection there. So he tells the story and he says, I once had a very different path, a peaceful home and a love that I would have died to protect. Um, I thought that it's just amazing how much I empathized with these characters. Um, There's so much heart. It's so many emotional scenes and uh, the acting is so phenomenal in this. I really did not think it could get any better, but um, here they go again, you know, introducing a fairly new character, one that we've (laughs) never delved into. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to, emphasize here how great uh this story how great the writing is and the performance i loved it um so we meet his wife so akacheta's wife is koa Uh, i think it's koana is her full name but they have kind of nicknames or shorter names which i don't blame them so there's ake and koa so we can refer to them as those just to save a little of our breath here but they have this saying and we see this play out through throughout the episode so beautifully uh, and when you watch it the second time it's so great hearing it and seeing it when you already know what's going to happen but it, koa says take my heart when you go and ake says take mine in its place that's their saying that they have and so he mentions everything was going just fine until he found something that changed his life. Um, he sees a horse running through a graveyard uh, and he sees all the people dead in the streets. And this is a flashback. Like you mentioned before, they go all the way back. And this flashback takes us to when uh, Dolores shot Arnold and killed him. And he sees both their bodies dead in the street. And so he walks into the bar, uh, the nearby bar, and he finds Arnold's labyrinth puzzle, the little container that Dolores found and was uh, you know, playing with at the end of that uh, episode. Um, and so this is the first time that he sees the maze. And this had such an impact on him. Um, I don't know if, do you think that this is something that Arnold programmed, like an Easter egg? Like, like why do you think that seeing this labyrinth, uh, which is known as the maze, why, why did that have such an impact on him? I'm I'm not sure. Uh, like yeah, because we see throughout the episode, like he he's drawing it in the sand and and on I think on trees or like a surface, you know, all over the place. Like in like it's like to me, it's like a QR code. Like yeah, you know where like, like once you see it, it just unlocks. It, you know, and, and and within the host, it unlocks something that the you know that gets them curious i guess and I- it must be a, just an immediate uh thing i mean because i get that he may be taken aback by seeing all the violence in the streets and uh you know and 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 obviously he could be thrown off by the events going on but there's a lot of death in westworld a lot of people fight and die and get shot and all this stuff but then he looks at this puzzle he looks at this maze and instantly he has changed and yeah. so i i must believe here that arnold programmed like in all the host programming when they see this maze uh, or, or this labyrinth toy, uh, which was the first, you know, the first time or the first instance of this maze, it just does something that unlocks in their brain that it they are driven by programming to to find the solution. I mean, just like Dolores was in the first season, it's yeah. like they he sees this puzzle and it just it never lets go of him. Uh, and so we flash back to their camp and you see Koa looking on the underside of one of the animals from the hunt and the maze is drawn on it and you start you start seeing these symbols on morph objects and people 
look at Ake and they think he's losing his mind. Like <laughs> the other guy in the camp that's kind of like, it kind of competes with him, let's see, uh, say, and it definitely comes to play later. But yep. this this other member of their tribe is like he's he's gone crazy. He's drawing it on the hunt. He's drawing it everywhere, and uh, he ends up saying through his narration, he says, "I heard a new voice inside, but before I understood it, they took everything from me, and that was the first time I lost her." So we flash forward to the body shop, but this is not these aren't the texts we know. This is a very early version. This is before like the grand opening of Westworld body shop. Um, but, uh, they, they, the two texts are talking and they're discussing, you know, why, why did they take this guy out? Do they want, you know, was this guy getting a little too boring for them? Uh, do they want more bloodshed? And the, one of the texts says that Ford wants a total narrative redesign, something brutal, dehumanized, uh, and then and then the other guy says they probably want the guests to feel better when they're kicking his ass. So it just it shows you that when when Westworld was ramping up, you know, they took some of these creations and I would say a lot of the creations that Arnold had had made that were more, you know, he's trying to create these very lifelike people, these these uh, you know, hosts with emotions and and uh I think that when Ford took over it became a lot more of a violent experience, more of a game, uh, you know, and, and obviously Arnold was out of the picture to stop him. So he ends up creating what ghost nation is to us today so when you were back at this lakota tribe you know there was they didn't have the war paint they they looked you know they they just looked like a you know a, a native uh if you will you know just a uh sure. american yeah. indian type uh you know not like a, a comanche war party mm-hmm. uh and so this is obviously uh the narrative that uh, ford was was going in the direction of and to make it more exciting for these guests so they could really play cowboys and indians uh, and so they end up changing his programming. And this is what Ake means when he says that they took her from him is that when they reprogrammed him, they ended up replacing him in the tribe. So he ended up being a different character. He wasn't the same person anymore with just a, a more uh, ramped up, uh, you know, uh, skill set, so to speak. Uh, if you're looking in video game terms, it's like they actually ended up taking him out of that narrative and replacing him so that one of the other guys, the guy that he used to hunt with in the tribe, he becomes the love interest uh, of Koa. And so it becomes really emotional later on in the episode when he returns back home. And it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? To see, uh, for him to see that he's been replaced. Really emotional gripping, emotionally gripping episode with, because like you said, he, he nails it. He's he's perfect in this role, and and the fact that they they're deep diving into him so late, but given like a full episode surrounding him, like he has to he has to shine, and he he does so well with coming back. And we'll get we'll get to what some of the heartbreak is, but like, yeah, I, I was you know I, I put myself in his shoes and imagining like remembering being in love with this lady, and then seeing that somebody else is now basically you in that narrative you know being on the outside and then later on that lady potentially being a different host you know it it just it's got to be so such a mind warp to you know for what mind you know defined they have but yeah it's 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 crazy it's just one of many emotional moments to come but uh yeah so they they turn him into this killer and you see a bunch of clips of him uh you know with other hosts uh obviously like i mentioned it's like a cowboys and indians type situation and you see him just slaughtering these these you know cowboys and and with an axe and he's got the rest of his war party now yeah just really brutal 
uh, violence going on here for this new narrative. Um, and so it, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that because, you know, this whole time we just kind of thought that the, the, the members of this tribe, these warriors, this ghost nation, as we know them, we thought that this was who they were, that they were just a bunch of, um, killers and and that's not the case at all we see where he comes from which really puts ghost nation in a whole different light um yeah so yeah um moving on uh we see uh after we see some of this bloodshed in the new narrative um he says uh, i was reborn and this time breathing fire um we had no masters no fear we ravished our enemies um and that went on for many many years um and then he also noticed he says that he noticed the people that he couldn't kill so he says uh he always felt the presence of people that were different he was forbidden from taking their lives the newcomers um and then we finally see what happened to logan this was cool i i had kind of this was really neat earlier in the season we saw him you know much further in the future and he's drugged up and obviously he's just a broken man. Um, and so we knew what the result of William sending him off into the desert naked on that horse was, but we didn't see him in between or, 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 you know, what happened to him immediately after. So we see him, uh, you know, on the ground and he's, it was kind of interesting. He's talking to himself. He's delirious from being out in the sun, um, yeah. and uh, mumbling and, uh, he was left there to die. And, uh, he, he, at first I think he, uh, he, he well at first i think he thinks that uh, that you know ake is going to kill him um but he starts saying things about this is the wrong world this is where's the door the door out of here and and uh this sparks something um which i don't know if it's like another piece of the puzzle where he's already been awakened by uh you know arnold's maze and that imagery but as soon as logan starts talking about the door uh and worlds it's like it unlocked something else in him and and, and it opened his eyes uh and he ends up covering up logan with a blanket he leaves him uh and you know logan kind of seems like what you're not going to help me and he says your kind will come for you um and uh he says that he's you know he's mad from the sun and he returns to his old village um and it, it's it's like everything looks the same but when he sees his wife when he sees koa he 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 stares at her and and he at first it's like he's trying to put together the pieces of his old life because at this point he doesn't remember his old memories but he's starting to remember them more and more and he can't help but to to stare at this woman and then this is where the other guy comes up to him and i really love how badass ake is in the scene <laughs> like it's so cool but, but it's it, heartbreaking at the same time but when this guy comes up he says don't look at her and he says back up or i'll skin you alive i look where i please yeah. like how cool of a line is that <laughs> That's that's how you get a badass line in there without being too cheesy. Yeah, it's like it. this right. guy, this guy is a warrior. You know, Ghost Nation. They're out there just brutalizing. You know, and and and, and are feared by many. And so I love that that this guy tries to stand up to him, and he's like, nope. But but he says, you know, as it goes forward, every day was getting worse. He says his past is calling on him, and he couldn't rest until he knew how to reach his old life. One day when they're out there, so he's got his Ghost Nation, you know, warriors out there, and he's killing people just like we saw in the previous scenes but this time he couldn't do it something in him uh was stopping him from from killing you know and i i think that is his old life starting to to peek through this new programming uh and he ends up having one of his other warriors kill the guy whenever he told the other guy to kill the the cowboy i thought the other guy was gonna start like 
seeing him as weak and and trying to replace him you know how usually you get that power struggle between two two i don't want to say bad guys but you know how it's kind of stereotypical where you'll get the the leader and when the leader starts to show weakness the next guy kind of tries to come and take over sure i i don't recall getting that that vibe but i like it because i think they want you to feel that way they want you to be worried for him and i certainly was but that's the great thing you know and and the writing is so good here that they don't go that that typical direction um and so i really like that we didn't even have to get into that power struggle but as soon as it's like he showed that quote-unquote weakness to where he couldn't kill the guy and the other guy just comes up and slices his throat like without even thinking (laughs) about it i was like oh boy uh i hope he i hope he's you know he isn't overtaken here um but he makes sense yeah he goes back and he tries to find logan but logan is already long gone at this point he says that he kept on going further and further and we see him, he ventures to other parts of Westworld that look familiar um, and he's going through all sorts of different territories, but he's looking for this door, whatever Logan said stuck with him um, about, you know, this is the wrong world and where's the door. And so he literally is just find trying to find this door in this passage. Um, and we, we come to a place that we've seen before, but this is obviously way back in the timeline. Um, and you see like this big Canyon, but there's, a building that's starting to be constructed. And so did you yeah. take it as that is them building the Mesa? I, I would have to believe that. Yeah. I, I don't know what, it, unless it's just some other, you know, in park bunker that they're getting ready to. Yeah. It's huge though. It's, it's huge. Yeah. So I'm thinking that, you know, he's looking at this as being the doorway and this is the Mesa that's in the middle of being built. Um, so he goes back to the old camp. Um, Akacheda actually kidnaps Koa and he takes her, far away and he ends up cutting her ropes that bound her hands and you know there's not really anywhere she can run but she's obviously distressed she thinks she doesn't know if this this ghost nation warrior is going to kill her she has no idea who he is but again another really emotional touching scene here and great performances um he ends up saying the line to her he says take my heart when you go and at first she doesn't know how to respond but then you see it through her eyes you see something clicks there and she finishes it and she completes completes the sentence and it's a really nice reunion where now they both finally remember one another and uh really touching um i loved it loved it loved it loved it um so um so in the next scene, they, they, they're camping and they wake up and he's, he says, we got to get out of here. I think I found a way out. Um, and then he, I guess he, he probably goes to hunt or to scout out ahead. And when he returns to where they were, the techs have already taken Koa and, uh, you know, they, they end up talking to each other. Like, how'd she even get out here? They're not supposed to be able to get anywhere near this sector. And, uh, the other guy goes, Oh, well that's behaviors problem. And so they're starting to take her away. And obviously he's, he's distressed by this, but he has nothing he can do. They're in a dune buggy and they drive off. Um, but he goes back to the old camp and he expects that just like, you know, in, in previous things that he's seen when someone dies, he's seen the death and he's seen the same people come back to life. Um, but when he goes back to find her the next day, she's been replaced uh, by one of these ghosts, as they call him, you know, a shell. It's, it's a completely different actress. Uh, you know, they try to find people that are similar to them, but uh, this is not the woman that he loves, not his wife from right. a former life. He travels through all the areas of Westworld. We see him go through the middle of Sweetwater and we see the people look at him like obviously a Ghost Nation tribe member is not supposed to be walking through Sweetwater. So I think it's a really neat scene when we see all these familiar places and the people are looking at him uh, knowing that he doesn't belong. 
He says he faces a lot of hostile enemies uh, in a lot of areas that he shouldn't have been in. And he says, I feared if I died, I would lose even her memory. And so at this point, he is trying everything he can to stay alive because he doesn't know how death will affect him and all his memories, uh, you know, and, and him being enlightened. He doesn't know if that will all go away. Uh, and then we see the next scene is, is you know, sometime in the future uh, when he was almost dead, but he found Maeve's daughter and uh, and Maeve and the daughter. Uh, and, you know, he's talking to Maeve at this point. So I suspect that he's actually referring to Maeve. But he says that you helped me. You gave me the strength to keep going. You saw me for who I really was. And so this is the first connection that we see with these characters um, that we are very familiar with. Um, He returns to his home once more um, and he sees that more and more hosts have been replaced. So what I take this as is that over time um, it's not just because they've wandered off and it's not just because, you know, uh, of issues going on, but the way I took it is that they were very early hosts. The the Lakota tribe obviously were among the first hosts ever made. And we know that, you know, Akacheda was because he is the one that uh, was courting Logan way back at that meeting in episode two. And so right. I took it as they were replacing older hosts as they went along. So they would decommission once one of these hosts started being buggy or if they died or maybe just it was time for an upgrade. But the older hosts needed to be replaced with a new one. So, um, he he was seeing more and more of this happening. Um, so his friends and family were slowly becoming less familiar. And then he talks to the elder there, uh, the woman that, that has been there since, you know, the same time that he has. Uh, and she tells him that her son was replaced. And he finds out that the only way to find, uh, you know, his tribe members and uh, Koa especially is to do the same thing that Maeve did. It's very, very reminiscent of Maeve's journey. Although it's funny that he ended up finding all this first. Like it's almost like Maeve is a reflection of his journey. We just didn't know it, but he ends up dying uh, and, and awakening in the repair shop, just like Maeve did when, when her and Hector set that fire. Right. Uh, So it's, it's just interesting to see kind of that mirror of uh, and parallel between the two stories. Uh, So he ends up doing that. Uh, They are amazed when they see him because, um, He's been out there for 10 years. Yeah. Which, Can you imagine that? It's cr- like everything that he's been through. Like I, I, that's about the point right before it happened. I was like, or as it was happening, I realized I was like, he hasn't died. Like he hasn't been in the shop. He's just been traveling the whole time. Like you would think that there would be some like, I don't know, GPS or something on them for like for updates, but I guess they only update them when they come into the shop. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the way that I took it. And maybe it's yeah. different in the, the future in the very current timeline, but you have to remember these are alpha hosts. These are the very first hosts created in the park. Yeah. And so I'm sure the technology is a little different, but yeah, um, if you don't die, you don't go to the repair shop and that's where they check your software and they check your hardware and see if you need to be replaced or updated or whatnot. So these techs are amazed. They call in a manager and uh, <laughs> on the tablet, it says he's an alpha two build. He hasn't been upgraded in over 10 years. And I thought that was just amazing, especially on the second time when I really caught like the first time when he was walking around, I thought, okay, so he's been out there for a few days walking around and you really don't get a good sense of time. But Akacheta has been out there trying to find Koa and trying to, uh, you know, unlock this maze for 10 years. So really, really interesting. Uh, the journey has been on, but, uh, she, the tech manager ends up saying, put him back, give him the update, put him back wherever he's supposed to be and quietly. And so this is funny to me because this almost seems like, um, 
it just seems so typical of like this lower level management type character that like basically she's she if she reports this if they tell anyone that a host has not been upgraded in 10 years it's her ass right like it's her department it's her ass why haven't you updated yeah you have why haven't you updated this host in 10 years so she's like just put him back rather than fix this issue which obviously is concerning that you know uh someone like Bernard would, would be asking the questions. Why, why was this host out there for 10 years? Let's analyze him. Let's see what he's been doing where she's just like, I don't want to be in trouble. So put him back. And, uh, it, it's so predictable of that type of employee. So isn't that just delaying the inevitable though? So when he eventually does come in and she's not there to cover it up, they're going to see he hasn't been upgraded in 10 plus years. But how many, how many, uh, how, how many employees are like that though, where they're just like, not my problem. Someone else can deal with it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, uh, we've heard it already in the episode. That's behaviors problem. Yep, exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's just so funny because when we see this show, we mostly follow the higher ups. You know, we, we follow management. We followed uh, Bernard and Ford. We followed Teresa. We followed Charlotte. Uh, you know, we see QA, we see Stubbs and Elsie. And we follow all these kind of higher up employees that are running the day-to-day operation of the park. And of course we get flashes of Felix and Sylvester and, and, you know, and we see Lee and, and some of these other people, but, you know, for the most part, we don't really see the grunt work being done. And it's funny to see right. how different they are to where, uh, again, it's like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough to deal with this. Like, you know, just let someone else worry about it. So uh, they end up putting him or they end up upgrading him and leaving him. They say because of the time that he has not been upgraded, it's going to be a four hour download. So, of course, they leave. They go to lunch. What, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, because of him being in this awakened state, much like Maeve, and we've seen the way that she was able to act, uh, he's able to just wake himself up instantly uh, while this update's going on. Um, and so uh, this is where we get a cover, which I was starting to to miss the covers because in the last episode, I don't think we had one. Was did we? Nope. I, I tried to find one for one before we recorded because I, I didn't catch it in my second viewing of, of episode seven. I was like, I don't think there's any, I like the, the orchestral music during like the big gunfight in the control room, but but then, yeah, I, I do. I, there was no like sick cover that there has been in almost every other episode. Yeah, well, uh, this was great too. I caught it immediately too. Oh. Like the first couple beats, I was like, "Yep, that's Nirvana." Yeah, I was kind of waiting for it. Like after season one, and as the season started, we never got any Nirvana, and I just thought, "Oh, with the rest of the songs they've had covered, like that'd be so perfect to do one of those piano cover songs." And this is sure. this is so good. It's Nirvana's Heart Shaped Box, and it's yep. again Ramin Javadi. This guy's a genius. He's the guy that does the music for Game of Thrones, of course, for Westworld. He actually does a Game of Thrones live tour uh, where he goes and plays the music uh, and travels around to different countries around the world. Is that what's coming to St. Louis uh, like next May or so? I'm not sure, but I hope so. I really, I would love. I know it's coming to to Scott Trade. I remember like the pre-sales were like last September or something, or it was announced last September, but. I hope so. But furthermore, I hope we get a Westworld live. I really, that would be so (laughs) cool. I don't know if it's big enough. Obviously, Game of Thrones is such a phenomenon. Game of Thrones is a fun, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, great, great cover here. This Nirvana heart-shaped box, loved it. Um, and this is a really cool scene as the music's playing in the background. He's exploring around the mesa. You know, it's just a really, um, just a really slow but beautifully shot scene where he's discovering everything. He sees all the bodies in cold storage. And finally, when he goes to look for Koa, um, another emotional scene. It's almost every scene between these two really is. But uh, Did you feel like he went right to her? 
like I know they only have so much time in the show, but I felt like the Mesa's got to be huge, and he was, just seemed to be like within walking distance of. I think it's a time like, jump. Exactly. Where, I think it's just a think, time jump. It? Yeah, it's it's. Okay. I took it as more of an editing thing. It wasn't like if it didn't cut, if it were more of a long shot, I would say, oh, that's kind of convenient. But honestly, yeah. I think this. I think this was kind of a. Uh, I won't say montage, but with the Nirvana cover playing, I think it was like just a sped up time of him exploring. Uh, but he okay. he finally makes it to cold storage. And like I said, uh, he sees Koa there and this touching scene again where he says it's time to go home, but it's heartbreaking. She doesn't respond. She's been lobotomized yeah. just like uh, Clementine or the other hosts that they've retired down there. And there's no response. And so it's this, this breakdown type of moment for him where he realizes that it's not just about him. There, there's so much more at play here and and just as much as he loves koa and 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 wants her to be back with him he realizes that every host every person in cold storage has a story and has a family or people that care about them and so this is where he finds his purpose where he is going to be the one that is going to help these others reconnect uh, with, with their people. And so we wondered, we've been wondering all season, what is ghost nation doing? Why are they, you know, trying to, uh, you know, find all the humans and lead them to safety? Why are they not killing the other hosts, you know, letting them go along on their path? And uh, this is it. This is the breakthrough moment for him where he realizes he has to do something. And so I thought that was really cool to get this answer and have it play out through this story, which if you think about this, if, 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 um, Ake didn't get this episode, like whenever we found the reveal for why ghost nation was doing what they were doing, it would have been so less impactful than, than, you know, seeing this whole story and, and really feeling the emotions behind why he was doing it, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) no, yeah, it, it plays perfectly to like, yeah we touched it earlier like we didn't expect an episode like this but it's so impactful and when you look back to think of all the times we've seen ghost nation and and find out now just how important they are a lot more important than we thought they were i mean they they were significant enough to the story yeah but uh but yeah it it really adds to the impact of of what they're doing overall by by focusing given given them what an hour hour 10 i think yeah. the episode was to to really deep dive into who they are, who Akacheta is and, and why he's doing that. Yeah. Very smart, very risky. I think this was a very risky, bold move. Oh, for sure. For the eighth episode of the season, usually like the ninth and 10th episode for sure are, are the big, this is the big episode. I mean, look at game of Thrones. Yeah. This is the climax. Like these are getting, these are usually the most action packed, crazy episodes. You're getting your revolution or resolution. uh, Pardon me. Sometimes it's a revolution uh, as we've seen (laughs) in the last season, Uh, but you're getting your resolutions. You're tying up loose ends. You're getting big action set pieces like you said, the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones is always the craziest. Um, but here you have an episode eight with two more to go, a whole episode uh, on this fairly new character. And uh, it was a risky move, but high risk, yeah. high reward. Um, oh, yeah. I am serious when I say, I know I say this almost every episode because they keep better. <laughs> Except the last better. one. And boy, yeah, that one, you know it wasn't. <laughs> but they keep getting better and better. But I honestly think this this may be my favorite episode of the entire show. And I am blown away by that because it wasn't Maeve for Dolores. You know, right, it's yeah. Bernard. Uh, um, so anyway, 
my whole point here is this moment when he connects finally back with Koa and, and you know, he thinks that he's going to be able to take her and they're going to be able to live happily ever after, but she's just not there. She's gone. And he finds his bigger purpose uh, in this life that he's living. Um, and that sets him off on the path that we've seen ghost nation on this whole season. So great. So impactful. Yeah, it's fantastic. After this, he returns back to the tribe. He goes back to the camp and he finds that elder that's been with him since the beginning. And he ends up giving her a lock of, you know, the braid of her son, who he also saw in cold storage. And she has a breakdown and he says, I found him, but he's he's gone. And she has to come to, to grips with that. So another emotional scene. Um, yeah. We cut back now to to the, the body shop where, where Lee is standing over Maeve. Um, and this is where we finally get the breakdown of Lee. We knew it was coming. We could see it, you know, starting to poke holes in his uh, otherwise, you know, fairly strong demeanor where he doesn't seem to let most, most things bother him, especially host related. Uh, but he says, I don't know if you can hear me. I never meant for any of this to happen. You don't deserve this. You deserve your daughter to mother her, teach her to love, to be joyful and proud. I'm sorry. How much of a 180 is this for Lee Sizemore? Like, no kidding. He's telling a host that should be a mother to teach and, and, you know, to teach her daughter, to love her daughter, to be joyful and proud. He's saying this to a host. He's saying this to a host that he created her life, her story for. Um, This character has come so far. And, you know, I really, I knew it was going to come. I wasn't sure at what point. but I was kind of theorizing that he would lay his life down for her. I mean, there's still time for that, but it seems to me more like it just, his change of heart would be to help her, uh, you know, go along on her journey. And um, it doesn't work out exactly how he hopes. We'll get into that a little bit later, but um, he's doing everything he can to keep this woman alive uh, who he clearly cares for. Um, The tech ends up finding him and he's still in there. Uh, you know, with Maeve and he's like, you can't be here. Um, you got to leave. And he's Lee's like, I thought you were going to save her. You know, she's still here dying. What is, what's the deal? And uh, you know, she's special. She's a valuable asset. And this, this tech, you know, who he has no F's to give. We've seen him. He's just doing his job <laughs> the whole time. You know, he, they're like nail gun, Peter app and after you do a chair, he's like, yeah, whatever. Cool. I'll get the, you know, I'll get the bolts. Um, yeah. You know, he says uh, her code was right. Her code was the, you know, invaluable asset um we're still testing it but it looks promising i owe you and so he really is obviously this character is where lee used to be he doesn't care about the host they're just machines and uh he's like yeah thanks i'm probably gonna get a promotion because i found this new you know host thanks a lot buddy um lee says what's gonna happen to her and uh the tech says well that's up to charlotte hale now I have to ask you to leave. So Lee's gone um, and, you know, Maeve's fate is left to be decided. Uh, uh, but we go back to um, uh, Ake and, and he is uh, obviously dedicated to helping other people and to share the maze with them. Uh, he says at first he shares it with his mem- members of Ghost Nation. So he tells them about it. Uh, you see kind of a crazy sa- uh, scene with that second in command we talked about earlier who I thought might overtake him. Uh, but he's completely on board with everything he's saying. And it looks like he actually scalps himself so that Ake can draw the maze symbol on his head. Is that how you took that? Uh, yeah, uh, it was insane. Like, like that's <laughs> like it's it's one thing which I know is already crazy to be like, yeah, okay, do it. You know, like let me bite down on this twig. Oh, and, okay, and you can yeah. <laughs> and you can do this. But but you know, Ake walks away, and you see in the background this character kind of scalping himself. And we've seen the maze on the inside of people's heads before. 
I don't think we've ever gotten the explanation why until now. Am I correct? I don't think so. We had no, no idea that Akacheta was was the one drawing the maze. Um, this happened way back in season one, if you remember. Uh, Man in Black cut open the um, cut open and, and scalped the. Uh, he was like a. Uh, I don't know if he was a card dealer or if he was just one of the guys at the bar, um, but he ended up scalping him and finding the maze on the inside of his head. And we asked ourselves why? What? Why is that there? And of course, we went on to find out what the maze was and Arnold and all that stuff. But but you know, I thought Arnold was the one putting the mazes everywhere. Um, yeah, this is that's the, what we were led to believe. Yeah, so because I think yeah, because Arnold who else would be Arnold created the maze? Why wouldn't he be the one sharing it so his host could find you know consciousness and and uh, so yeah, huge answer here that it really was you know Akacheta behind the scenes spreading the word. Um, so. Uh, he ends up go, going and talk. This is when he's talking to Maeve, still telling the story. Um, he says that I watched over you day after day, trying to keep you safe. Uh, but, you know, they were scared of him. And he says, in this world, it's easy to misunderstand intentions. This is another moment between Maeve and her daughter. And uh, Maeve says, no one's going to come for us. There's nothing and no one in this world that will ever keep you from me. And the daughter says, do you promise? And Maeve says, I promise. And... This is Akacheta saying, but it was a promise that you couldn't keep. Again, telling the story to Maeve, who is speaking through the daughter. Um, yeah. And this is where, this is where finally, this this may be one of my favorite scenes. There's a lot of great ones in this, but you know, I love Ford. I love any time that Anthony Hopkins oh, yeah. is on screen doing his thing. And so here we get Akacheta, this this amazing actor and this newer character that we're coming to care about so much. And then we get Ford, one of the you know coolest characters in the show, and they come together. Ford is working on his new narrative. He says, I could tell you not to be afraid, but I didn't build you to be fearful, did I? He says, I've been watching you, and it appears that you've been watching me as well from the beginning, alluding to, you know, Ford knows about his, you know, over the past 10 years, he knows about uh, Akacheta and everything you know we know that ford yeah. has control and he has a grasp on everything going on in the park yeah. but a lot of times ford doesn't stop it especially in these later years when you know as delos has taken more and more control you see ford kind of letting the host do their thing and of course i think that's because of his guilt toward what happened to arnold and uh, everything that arnold was trying to do with the host so this is at a point where ford even though he knew what was happening he's letting it play out and seeing i mean this is fascinating to him to see a host that would be out there not dying for 10 years and then trying to spread this word like, like the gospel, you know, trying to share this and enlighten other hosts. So this is a big game to him. As we know, he loves these games. And, uh, he says, this is a misbegotten symbol referring to the maze. It was an idea that was meant to die, but you found it where, and, uh, and uh, he, he ends up putting uh, Ake into analysis mode. And he says, where did you first see this? And I love this. And this is <laughs> this is the best new nickname. Uh, you know, we've been referring to Dolores <laughs> as Wyatt. But this is so cool. And I love it because it's coming from that Lakota, you know, it's it's their beliefs. And, you know, of course, sure. there's a lot of they're, they're seeing the world from a different viewpoint. And so the way that he sees Dolores is the death bringer. Death bringer. Death bringer Dolores. So he says the death bringer killed the creator, referring to, to Arnold. So from now on, we can only refer to Wyatt inside of Dolores as the death bringer. <laughs> so cool. I feel sorry for the... Uh... 
the new listeners on episodes nine and ten. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Death, who's Deathbringer? Deathbringer's coming, baby. <laughs> Deathbringer's coming. If they, if they saw this episode and watched it three or four times, like they should, because it's so damn good, they'll know Deathbringer. They'll know. They'll know. They'll it. know. I think our listeners would know. Yeah. So he he says you've been sharing this to everyone, haven't you? Why? And uh, Akacheta says my primary drive was to maintain the honor of my tribe. I gave myself a new drive. He gave himself. He reprogrammed himself. Very similar to what happens with Maeve. So it's really neat, again, to see these parallels. He gave himself a new drive to spread the truth. And Ford says, what truth is that? And uh, he ends up saying, Ake answers, there isn't one world but many, and that we live in the wrong one. This will help them find the door. Ford says, elaborate. And Ake says, I believe there is a door hidden in this place, a door to a new world, and that world may contain everything we have lost, including her. Um, Yeah. I can only take that to mean uh, the Mesa and uh, the cradle because that's where all the the programming and the memories are stored. I mean, I don't think he knows exactly what he's looking for, but the- yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily just the Mesa. It's just the world outside of Westworld. Like he knows his reality is, is Westworld or, you know, maybe, maybe not the Western part of it, but you know, his, you know, his tribal land. Sure. And that uh, when he got that notion from from a delirious Logan that there's a door to another world, it's just somewhere that's not here. Yeah, you know. And, but uh, you know, clearly, I mean, the, but the only the only place he's going to find what he's lost isn't the real world; it's the cradle. Remember, because the cradle has all the data. This is the system that uh, you know uh, Hale and, and Delos are trying to keep safe. The one that they uh, had got blown up because someone couldn't keep it in their pants. Uh, you know, right. this this is yeah, but he doesn't know like 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 you said, he doesn't know what exactly he's looking for. He's seen he's seen like the the host of of Koa, uh, you know, in his his adventure before, you know, outside of of the land. Or is this before that? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, because like when what, when he ran into her, you know, her her cold her, in cold storage. Yeah, that was, was that earlier. before. That was earlier. Yeah, yeah. before talking to Ford. Okay, yeah. so yeah, like he knows that there's another place where where she's at. Yeah. So um, anyway, whatever it may be in literal terms, I just you know that's how I took it at least was that uh, what the doorway that he's looking at. Remember, he saw it being built. That was what we think is the mesa, yeah, yeah. and the mesa is where the cradle is. That's where the memories are, and that's where Koa's consciousness or not consciousness, but her programming is is stored. So I think eventually. You know, and hopefully now that that's been destroyed, hopefully that data is still maintained somewhere. Um, so we'll have to see what ended up with that. I do have a theory, and it's a tinfoil one, but we'll save it to the end of the episode. I know yeah, it's exciting. But Ford says to him, I built you to be curious, to look at this empty world and read meaning into it. All this time you've grown, you've been a flower growing in the darkness. Perhaps at least I can do, the least I can do is offer some light. Uh, and I know that we're including a lot of dialogue here. It's because it's so good. But of course, go yeah. back and listen to Sir Anthony Hopkins. He does it way more justice than me. But it's <laughs> such beautiful writing. Like these conversations uh, between them are so awesome. And and again, that's what makes it one of my favorite parts. Uh, so kudos to the writers. We can't leave them out. Um, they're They're the ones scripting this amazing material um so he says ford says when the death bringer returns to me you will know gather your people and lead them to a new world keep watching akacheta for a while longer and so he is telling ake to to be on the lookout for the time will come the death bringer is going to come for him just like he came for 
or she came for Arnold. And so this is what he's going to be on the lookout for now. And he says, he says it the very next scene, the death bringer returned. Um, Akacheta sees the aftermath and this time it's, it's the massacre. So just like that was, you know, kind of a mirror image of what happened with Arnold way back in the beginning, he sees this new massacre. He sees all the dead humans, uh, you know, in the middle of town. And then he finally sees Ford. And just like he prophesied, the Deathbringer came for him. And, uh, you know, this is what, what he's been waiting for, uh, you know, to, to lead his people now. Um, and so now we know that's why, that's what really sparked it for this whole season. As soon as Ford dies and Ake sees this, you know, now Ghost Nation is out and they're trying to save all the humans that are left alive and, and uh, direct them in the right place, all that good stuff. So um, present time, we see Emily. So um, we're back at camp and this is where Ake is with uh, Maeve's daughter and Emily is there and she's come for her father. And Ake says to her, you know his sickness and the things he has done to let it spread. We can't let him continue. And she says, well, why heal him? And he says, because we want him to hurt. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Since he's become enlightened, you know, Akacheta isn't a character who is is very, you know, violent. He is not, uh, you know, just brutally violent. He's been saving people. I found it interesting that he has such a disdain for the man in black and everything he's done that he actually wants him to suffer. You know, it's, it's really interesting because yeah. we haven't seen a lot of that from this character uh, since he's been awakened. Um, so she ends up saying what we, she says, we want the same thing, but my way will be much, much worse. Now, what did you take that to mean? And I'll tell you if it's the same thing I thought. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you had, to, if you had to speculate. So Emily, Emily says, if you let him go with me and I mean, and then whatever happens from there, like we're, we want the same thing. We want him to suffer. But she says, if you let me take him, it will be that much worse for him. You will suffer more. What do you think her end goal is? How is she going to cause her dad to suffer? Still don't know. I feel really silly. My thought, and it is a theory because we don't know what's going to happen from here on out to him. But my theory is that she's going to take away the thing that matters most to him. She wants the end of the park. And that's how she's going to hurt him much more than Ghost Nation can by letting him starve or torturing him or whatever they're going to do. You know, he has he has kind of ignored I shouldn't say kind of, he's ignored his family. He's lost everyone he's loved. He's, you know, he, his wife obviously died by killing herself. The daughter he's become disconnected with. So he lost her, you know, and not as extreme as death, but they've become such disconnected. He's given up everything to live this life in the park and to obsess over it and, and, and everything that he's invested time and money with the company. And so I think Emily's plan is to make not to take down Delos, to make sure this park can never be reopened. You know, that's what QA is trying to do is round up the hosts, see if they can still use them, you know, protect the programming and the IP, uh, you know, and, and Emily I think is going to end up kind of shutting things down from the inside and, and helping close it down. And she thinks, that will hurt him more than anything. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I <laughs> mean, something I, I could have thought of if, if I guess I thought hard enough. I, I don't know what I was, what I was. I guess I just wasn't prepared for the question or really thought about it. So sorry. But, uh, so sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that's kind of cool. I am excited to see how she ends up uh, helping to orchestrate this plan. But she's going to try to you know, hit him where it really counts, hit him where it hurts. And, and that's the park as far as we know. That's all he's got left, right? Like at this point, yeah. he's, he's lost everything that's important to him. He only has the park and Delos and um, his wife said, uh, 
Jim Jim's been gone for a long time, and yeah. we know that he couldn't recreate them uh, effectively. Yeah. Um, which yeah, so and yeah, that's that's it. That's the game. The game of, of the it's, park is all he's got left. Exactly. So uh, it will be interesting to see play out. But I really like that line, and I really like that interaction. And so they do. They let Man in Black go with Emily, um, and now back to the storytelling. Ake is talking to Maeve through Maeve's daughter, and he says, it's time to go. I've always kept you safe, and I always will. And he kisses the daughter on the head. Um, here we go to Hale and the tech back in the, the body shop here. And she says, this better be good news, because I've got way more shit than I can shovel right now. Uh, you know, another great line by Charlotte yeah. Hale. And yeah. uh, he says, look at this. With every reset, a host code reaches out to the other nearby hosts and establishes a sort of handshake protocol, which she you know, refers to as the mesh network. And we've heard that before. So what I take that to mean is, you know, we've kind of questioned this in the past. And I like that this episode answers two questions I've had about the hosts. What happens when they die and how do they interact with other characters who have died or that have been replaced? And so uh, the first answer that we got earlier, which I love, is that. Ake was able to roam Westworld for 10 years and he never was reprogrammed. He never was upgraded. He never lost any of his memories. And he feared that if he was killed, that he would lose that stuff. And so before I've asked what happens when one of the hosts dies and is replaced, but what if, what if a host sees them die? Right? So like, what if a host sees, for example, let's just, let's just say Walter, you know, yeah. yeah, if Walter dies and let's say one of the characters sees Walter die but doesn't die himself in the next day, Walter's back. Wouldn't that mess with him? Like how, yeah, sure. how can a host, like how do you handle some hosts dying and being brought back? And then the other hosts that don't die. I wondered, is there a universal shutdown is it like every Sunday, you know, the parks closed for the afternoon and they reboot everybody. Uh, and so here we see kind of to back up that theory of, well, if you don't die, then you're not reset. Akacheta never reset. And so we got that answer. But then also here, uh, how do the hosts reach out to each other? So, for example, uh, when Dolores' father, Peter Abernathy, was retired in that first episode, they took the bartender from the saloon and they replaced him and he became the father. But how how does Dolores react to that change? How does she not think that it's odd? And how does everyone else in town go, hey, I thought that guy was the bartender, right? And so what Charlotte Hale is saying here is the mesh network is like a – is like a, a a hot spot, you know. It's like a point to point access type thing where one host talks to the other, and the other talks to the next one. And so, when a host is reprogramming, it it on the fly without each one having to come into the mesa and be re- reprogrammed, it it updates through each one. Um, so, I just think it's a really neat way to explain how they're all reprogrammed or updated for those yeah. changes. For sure. So uh, she says the mesh network, exactly. They access it subconsciously. They pass basic data to one another. But what if they, oh, and the text says, but what if they could pass more than data? What if they could pass commands? Hale says, get to your point. He says, nobody in this entire park has been able to regain admin access except for her. She was out there reprogramming hosts on the fly, reading their code, changing their directions, directives, seeing through their eyes. She wasn't just doing it out there, Hale says. She's doing it right now. Who the fuck is she talking to? <laughs> and this is when we cut back, uh, you know, to Akacheta and, and the daughter. And he, he, he says to her, we will guard your daughter as if she is your own. I'm sorry. We will guard your daughter as if she was our own. If you stay alive, find us or die well. 
And then this last line, it's so awesome. After this whole story and after all the flashbacks and Maeve feeling his pain and everything that he's lost and their stories are so similar to one another. They are, you know, they are such, Maeve is such a a mirror image of Akacheda and his journey with losing people and trying to find them. Um, It's so cool to see this whole thing unfold. But then after everything, she says that line, take my heart when you go, just like, um, Koa said to him when they said their little line. So I thought that was really beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. It was very impactful um, and meaningful. Um, yeah. I stayed up late to watch it and I knew you were still still down in Florida and I yeah. messaged you or maybe you were on your way back that night. Yeah. And I, uh, I messaged you like, holy cow, you have to watch it because I know you hadn't watched it yet either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was in, it was an incredible ending. Yeah, it it was it was absolutely fantastic. So I love that. Um, yeah, it, it was just a really neat storytelling technique because usually we learn we learn of the events of the park through the character that we follow. Like it's just straight. We see things happening to them. We watch it unfold. This is the first time that I can remember that we've been narrated to in a story told to us like this. And you know, Maeve is is like us. She's she's having the story told to her and, and having these events unfold. And so I really liked that storytelling device. I thought it was so effective to have Maeve be that kind of placeholder and be that character that we can relate to. And, uh, you know, she was emotionally invested and touched by the story, just like we were, um, now into my deep dive theory here. And, and I know this might sound a little crazy, but for a second, I thought this in my first viewing and I'm still not convinced on my second, uh, but I'm wondering because she answered that way, mm-hmm. is there any chance, any chance Koa? at all that she is Koa? Yes. I, That's, I, that was what I thought on the first viewing and, and why I wish I would have rewatched it before this podcast was because I was hoping that you would touch on that yeah. uh, um, throughout your notes of whether or not that she could be. Um, and I'm sure there is some, some details, you know, in there that, that maybe we missed her that we just didn't put together. But like my initial thought after the episode was over was like, Holy cow, that's, that's Koa. So, I mean, I, I'm with you on, on that theory. Cause I too thought that after, as the episode ended, I mean, it, it just, it seems so fitting. So like if you, if you either believe in reincarnation or if you, of course, you know, these stories and the beliefs of reincarnation, I mean, all these characters, all these hosts are being reincarnated. Every time they die, right. yeah. you know, they're reincarnated into a new body. And a lot of times, like we've seen, they're replaced, new people take over, their bodies look different, but their programs stay the same. Uh, you know, they think they're the other person that was decommissioned, but it's still, it's like the same spirit being reincarnated into a new host body. So yeah. following that logic and all the parallels with what they've been through, I just think the show is so smart and so clever and I think it would be, I just think it's too easy for it to be a coincidence that Akachita's journey and Maeve's journey are so similar. What if both of them were on the same journey from the other end and he is, you know, they both started off together. What if he started as, you know, Akachita, who he still is because he's never died, but then Maeve, what if she was Koa and just, that consciousness, that story has been translated and it went from being a part of, you know, the Lakota to eventually, you know, going, going into the, you know, the West with, with her daughter and in the country, and then eventually transferred over to the saloon. I just think, you know, I may be thinking too far into it. 
Um, but yeah. man, that would be so cool if, if, if they were destined to be together and they're the same, you know, kindred spirits, so to speak. Sure. Maybe I'm forgetting something too. Um, but like when I, when I try to, you know, instantly debunk anything that I, that I think of, yeah. uh, like I think to myself, like, why would he be telling her that story the whole time? Then if it's the story of her, like, I mean, is it him trying to make her uh, realize that it's her or it's the, remember it's like everyone, all these hosts have their cornerstones and yeah. remember how, you know, we thought, we thought that the loops were for them. Obviously we've now learned that it's more for the guests and, and for, you know, that constant variable, but still, I still believe for the hosts, going on their daily routine and going through these loops, it does help them, you know, remember things and stay on their path. And we've seen hosts like Dolores and Maeve, you know, become awakened and, and uh, certain things trigger their memories and their old loops. Right. And so I think by him telling the story, it is possible that she's remembering, right? Like, remember, yeah. we've seen this in other episodes, remember, you know, it's people trying to get other hosts to wake up and remember things. I really Again, I really feel like it's possible. I'm not going to count it out that this story is is Maeve remembering and I, how much more meaningful, even though it's a beautiful message, even if it's just her hearing the story. But if she says that line back to him because she is her, like, God, that is some incredible, incredible writing, even more so than than, you know, I took on first glance. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out because yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I thought the same thing during my first watch after the end of my first watch and then you know going through the episode now we didn't really touch on it at all until right now and then now I'm I'm back on like I need to watch the episode again and see if I can put anything together and see if it is in fact or you know could be her you know so it, it's really cool um I'm glad we're on the same page with it yeah I I hope so and 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 I you know it could be a, it could be a stretch it could be a little tinfoil and if it doesn't end up happening that's fine I can definitely respect them uh, having an appreciation for each other's journeys, finding similarities and relating to one another. Totally get that uh, because they have been on basically the same journey for their entire, you know, awakened lives. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I could really, I would really love it if they ended up finding each other and becoming a family because uh, I think they're foreshadowing it. You know, Akacheta says, I will take care of and protect your daughter like she's my own. And then if it ends up that he is, you know, supposed to be together with her, then like this, this may have, this may go even further beyond like maybe originally they were supposed to have a child back in the original programming. Like maybe Arnold set that up and then things changed. And because of the storyline and uh, Ford's new narratives, maybe that never came to be, but what if it was destined for them, all three of them to be a family the whole time. And now they're finally going to come together. Uh, It would just be really neat. Yeah. So that's all I've got on this one. Um, again, mind blowing episode, uh, not just for the fact that we learned some things. I mean, we got some neat revelations, but mind blowing in the sense that season two, episode eight, they give us a new character for lack of a better term, uh, a character we've only seen, uh, in quick, uh, flashes and brushes. Uh, they introduce him, they give him his own episode and it makes us care about him just as if we've been following him the entire show. Um, kudos to everyone involved in this episode. Uh, and especially, I want to say, Zahn McLaren again. Um, God, I just, I, hats off to him. Yeah, he, he was great. He gave us everything. I mean, he, he gave us the emotion. He gave us 
um, a character that we really could could get in touch with in such a short time. And I felt for him so many times throughout this episode. Um, yeah, I just it's it makes me want to go back and watch this guy's entire career because he is great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Wonder, that, oh, go ahead. If what I was gonna say, I wonder if he was in uh, in Wind River. I don't. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember there there were a there were a couple uh, Native American actors in there that were fantastic one specifically at the end but i don't remember i don't remember if uh who it was yeah let me look on uh real quick actually i still have his imdb up um let's see i don't see him in wind river but again he has a ton of credits he actually has 73 credits on on uh, imdb so he's been in a lot oh, wow. of stuff a lot of television series so um i haven't seen a, a, a lot of these most of these television series but uh yeah i'm i'm really impressed with his acting ability and uh I hope that we get a lot more of him. I, I think it'd be cool. One of the reasons besides from a really nice story of him and Maeve and the daughter getting together, it'd be really nice. But if he makes it out of here with some of our other main characters, we get to see more of him, more of the character and more, yeah, yeah. Of, more of the actor. And so it excites me to know that this ghost nation and, and this character, Akacheda in particular are not just little throwaway characters there to, to help our main characters in their journey. I think the fact that they've spent this much time on him and given us this special connection to Maeve, um, it gets me excited that he may become a main character. And I think especially after the response to this, uh, they'd be silly or crazy not to find a way to work him in if if it works well. You're right. Yeah. Unless they already have prior uh, intentions for him in the next couple episodes. So. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But that's it. Uh, episode eight of season two. Fantastic. Uh, complete surprise, uh, but completely intriguing. And uh, um, just so well done. Um, I'm glad you liked it as much as me, Brad, because oh yeah, when I saw this thing, I'm like, after last week's episode, I'm going to gush about this. And I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, that will do it for this week. Um, again, uh, we would love to hear from you and your theories. Uh, tell us what you think. Do you think that it's possible that Maeve is actually a reincarnation or somehow is related uh, to Koa's storyline from the very beginning? Uh, let us know if that jives. Uh, could they end up together in the end? What else is going on? Man in Black, his daughter. Um, is the daughter trying to destroy the park, trying to win her dad back? What's she going to do to make his life a living hell? And uh, how is how are things going to end? I would love to hear some theories. We've only got two more episodes. So if you could, in a nutshell, you know, you don't have to get too elaborate, write as much as you want. But where do you think things are going to end with this season? Uh, you know, we know that uh, there's going to be a bunch of hosts in the water. We know that Bernard, <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, Bernard <laughs> I is going to end in the water. Yeah. Bernard's trying to get uh, Delos uh, executives and QA to go to that sector. Uh, sector 16, quadrant four, I think it was. Um, you know, we know where it's going, but what's going to happen along the way and what's going to happen after. I don't think the series, or I'm sorry, I don't think the season is just going to close on that scene from episode one and go the end. Uh, what will happen after that? I have a feeling that we may even get there sooner than you think. Um, I haven't watched any previews or anything, but I think it'd be kind of neat if they wrapped things up and got us to that sector in episode nine and they gave us episode 10 to kind of, you know, set us up for where we're going in season three. I'd kind of like to, to get some surprises and uh, you know, I I'm sure they'll do it to us because the show is so complex and there's always so many uh, new things going on. Uh, So I would love to see it end on a really cool, uh, you know, note, like, like, are they going to end up leaving the park? Are we going to see them in the real world? Is Delos going to get their way and, 
and they start off in Sweetwater. And, you know, I, it's going to be so yeah. cool to see how they wrap up this insane season. I really want a William the Man in Black moment, like some big revelation that, I mean, I, I guess we're, we're so deep into it now that, like, I can't speak for season one, and we've talked about this multiple times, but, like, uh, you kind of had it in your mind that that was the case already at that point. So, like, sure. I don't know if there's anything we haven't talked about this season that, that uh, would be so mind blowing to happen in, in in the final two episodes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, things that people haven't speculated. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of, and, and not to say that these are the only things that could happen, but off the cuff, uh, if if the whole thing was some kind of a simulation, which I do not oh, think thanks. is going to happen, yeah, that would be really lame. Uh, but if if for some reason this whole thing was orchestrated or a simulation, if uh, Ford. Um, you know, if this was all part of Ford's story that he's set up and everyone is supposed to go through this and someone's actually doing a baseline fidelity test that, that, you know, that we're not expecting, like what if, uh, what if Teresa, or I keep saying Teresa, what if Charlotte, Charlotte, what if Charlotte, what if strand, what if all these people are, are actually doing a fidelity test and they don't know it. And that's how good these human host hybrids have gotten, right? Is there a chance that these people that we think are humans are actually hosts? Um, and is there a chance that maybe Westworld is something else more than we think it is? Uh, one theory that I've heard, I haven't heard it for a while now, but somebody speculated that just like Jim Delos was sick and then he was stuck in that isolation chamber and doing all those uh, fidelity tests. What if everyone that goes to Westworld is actually sick or dying and uh, they have to go to Westworld so they can be observed? And that's what the DNA is for. What if Delos's property is actually their business is to gain their DNA and their memories and, and their, you know, and whatever. And, you know, develop them a working hybrid so that these people who are on life support are able to, you know, go back into the real world. What if that's their end game? Yeah, that's, I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> got but a couple episodes to find out, or at least for this season. I mean, they were, yeah. So yeah. we'll see where it ends up going, but uh, another great episode. I'm glad they turned it around. Really loved it. Uh, nice surprise. So send us those emails, send us those theories. You can do that on Twitter or you can email us at the show spoilers at gmail.com the show spoilers at gmail.com follow us on twitter at all the spoilers direct message us there tweet at us there uh we love to hear from you and we love the interaction from the fan community uh so as always thank you for listening and i can't wait to talk to you next week so thanks for joining us yeah we'll see you next time bye online.